Hello everyone and welcome to the Vortex, where lies and falsehoods are trapped and exposed. I'm Michael Voris. When a person or people have been utterly betrayed, only one remedy will suffice. A complete and very public confession. To the extent the betrayal was public, the admission of it must be at least as public, preferably more. Well, turning to the U.S. hierarchy, nothing less will suffice. Additionally, reparation must be made since so much has been damaged. It won't undo the harm, but it will begin a course reversal that is more than necessary at this point. Imagine the impact of what a public confession of their sins would have had in England during those first years of the tyranny of Henry VIII, or even as late as Elizabeth. Well, today, their lack of confession has more than likely not only resulted in the loss of their souls, but the reality that the church in England never recovered from their treachery, generations of Catholics lost for half a millennium and counting. That's why it's likely they were damned. And yes, Bishop Barron, humans do go to hell because they choose against Christ in this life. And God always grants your heart's desire. If you desire not him as much as it pains him, he grants you that. Now, beyond a public confession, the U.S. bishops, to a man, must peer deeply into their souls and admit that they need to resign en masse, a first act of reparation, but only the first. Their level of betrayal rises to being worthy of a firing squad in the political arena. But of course, since Pope Francis now believes he has changed church teaching on the death penalty, he hasn't, no matter his fantasy. After all, he's only a pope, not God. But since the U.S. bishops have expressed such great joy over this phony change, perhaps now we know why. Because in any other situation, they'd be staring down the wrong end of a gun barrel for their treason. This feckless group of men, many of them willfully clueless cowards, some definitely wicked, but all motivated by self-preservation, have sat atop the greatest meltdown of the church in her 2,000 years. That's quite a feat. Even Martin Luther was unable to accomplish what they have done in just 50 years. The invasion of homosexual men into seminaries on a large scale starting in the 1960s and a little earlier created an atmosphere where soft teaching and formation was happily embraced. The instruction that these current bishops received while they were in seminary 40 years ago in the 1970s was woefully inadequate but happily embraced by them raised in the era of flower power and college campus protests and women's lib. Since many were more in touch with their feminine sides than authentic masculinity, they happily cozied up to the women's lib movement, which included looking the other way on the evils of contraception and abortion. That is the underlying reason why, even today, you hear nothing from them about either of those evils, except the perfunctory word every now and then, mostly then. It's another reason they have so tacitly accepted or have been very quiet about their opposition to the idea of women's ordination, even though they're very coy about that. They can't tip their hand entirely. The fundamental issue, which the church cannot recover from until it is sufficiently realized by the laity, is this. Faithful Catholics have a few hundred women biologically disguised as males for leaders. They respond to truthful criticism of their evil like a dumped girlfriend. 
instead of like a man saying, okay, let's hammer this out. The truth is, anything masculine terrifies them. Homosexuals and psychologically weak males are terrified of confrontation with authentic masculinity. Not because of being afraid of being beaten to a pulp, but because they know standing in that spotlight will expose their own psychological wounds and insufficiencies. So they avoid confrontation at all costs. Like a spurned girlfriend, any criticism becomes personal and emotional. Why can't Bishop Barron, for example, sit down and have a public, logical discussion with Church Milton about his errant, everyone is saved idiocy, which is essentially what it boils down to. Even he calls that notion, his words now, a kind of universalism. And that's a heresy condemned nearly from the beginning of the church. Why can't Archbishop Alan Vigneron here in Detroit sit down publicly with Church Militant and have a man-to-man discussion about his many, many errors managing the Archdiocese of Detroit up to and including protecting a homosexual inner circle? Why can't Cardinals Wilton, Tobin, or Supich publicly engage with Church Militant on their heretical garbage about giving sacrilegious Holy Communion to pro-abortion politicians? Why can't any of the bishops sit down and have a logical discussion about the overriding issue of homosexuality within their own ranks, which has brought the church to its knees? An issue they will deny right up until their personal judgments. They all know it's true to a man. They all know it's true. They never engage in meaningful public discussion on anything because the thought of honest, charitable confrontation cannot be stomached by them. They see challenging their positions as challenging them personally, which, given how much they're personally invested in their errors, might actually be a good reason. It's all about their feelings and their emotions, and of course it is. That's why they continue to produce so many weak, emasculated men for ordination, like father, like son. There are certainly more good young men coming out of seminary these days, however insufficient they may be in number, but they are certainly there. But, like Trump walking into the D.C. swamp, not totally realizing just how deep the putrefaction was, and in some of these good young men, they may not quite have grasped the depth of femininity present in the leaders that they'll be swearing obedience to. Nonetheless, it must be done, just as some brave young men had to be the first off the landing craft as the, at the beaches of Normandy, attacking Hitler's fortress Europe, and it was being stormed, so too there will be heavy casualties among many young men in seminary, as well as some baby priests. Someone has got to pay the price and suffer for the cause more than others. That's just the reality of where we are now. However, imagine for just a moment if at least some bishops stepped forward and admitted all of this, that they were company men, that they were content to get fat and happy, the manage the, managing the decline as long as they were not personally impacted by it and they've let the church burn. Imagine some of them admitting and necessarily exploding and condemning the myths around Cardinal Spellman, Cardinal Dearden, Cardinal Bernadine, and the train wreck they set in motion, which has created a massive falling away from the faith that in this current day, They did nothing to prevent, and they've even encouraged it. 
This collectively wicked crowd has thrown its lot in with the Marxist Biden camp. And whether Biden is actually taking that oath on January 20th or not, nothing will alleviate their spiritual duty to confess and resign. Unlike Biden, who, if he takes the oath, will be illegitimate, the bishops are legitimate. However sad that is, and like Judas, who never confessed or repented, they will share a common lot with him. God love you. I'm Michael Voris.